0: Hello Sola Travelers, welcome back to episode three of the Sola Traveler podcast, a place for the sedentary nomad and aventurera in all of us to come together and share tips and stories about safe, joyful Sola Traveler. I'm Ricky Subo, and I want to thank you for choosing to travel with me today. Traveler, that's the underscore Sola underscore traveler to get updates on upcoming website launch and other special solar traveler events. Today we're gonna to talk about something that comes up a lot for me. I'd say it's a trigger and that's societal fear <laughs> based on the decisions I make about my life and my body as a woman. And overcoming the fears that some rather antiquated conventions have applied to me and my being as a woman navigating uh, the space that is Earth alone has been a huge and ongoing challenge. And it's one that every journey brings up just a little bit. Um, archetypally, women stay in place whilst men venture out, right? We have the hunter-gatherer. In literature, in mythology and folklore, the hero travels to where the maiden is inevitably tied up, banished or held against her will in some remote destination, just waiting for her savior to arrive, right? And when you Google great explorers, you'll find that 99% of them have one thing in common, and they are men. And when we think of the Italian and Spanish word solo, or alone, which we use in English to refer to someone voyaging without a companion, right, I'm going solo, we default to the masculine, not the feminine sola, even when we're talking about a woman. So that has been really nice for me because it's been uh, easy to find my uh, domain name for sola traveler. I mean, it's, it's kind of fascinating that we haven't made this click, but we've done so much to create inclusive language and yet sola um, and going sola hasn't really come up but anyway enough about latin (laughs) the intention of defining the sola traveler is not to insist that women everywhere travel by boat plane or train etc on the contrary It would be ignorant and blindsided, I think, to push for an outcome that is simply not possible for the majority of people, not just women. Travel is a luxury and one many cannot afford physically, emotionally, or economically. What the Sola Traveler is, is a methodology, a mindset, and a playbook for learning how to go within and find the places in your subconscious that release you from fear, convention, and inauthenticity. And I think, from my own experience, dealing with these big, uh, heavy clouds above my head, that solitude is one of the best ways to cultivate authentic behavior. I mean, travel may accelerate the results of solitude, right? Because you're alone, and you're out there, out of your comfort zone, but they are not mutually exclusive. So uh, solitude and travel, like you can find other ways to find solitude. But with that said, the processes by which one person may achieve higher authenticity, confidence and self-expression are incalculable when you look at what traveling alone is. You're really out there by yourself. You're really exposed. And so I think, as I've said before in other episodes, it's one of the quickest ways to get in touch with all that stuff going on inside, right? Get to know yourself. Be forced to face uh, uncomfortable situations, uncomfortable emotions. Um, But what I can say is that through observation of oneself and others, you know, when you're venturing out in the world or staying at home and pondering the vast expanse of your own mind, powerful evolution is possible if that's something you want. And I think what I'm realizing as I'm saying this is we think this is so uh, abstract, right? Like, oh, this is just, it. this is such a big thing. I'll never be able to to accomplish it, it's kind of like um, when you're learning any new skill, you don't know whether or not you're accomplishing it. You know, the it is hard to define sometimes. And what I'm suggesting is just getting out there through this act is going to help you figure out what the it is for you. Because like with anything that poses some sort of fear-based reaction we get better at understanding it by continuing to confront it and that could be anything could be getting a tattoo could be asking someone out on a date it could be launching a podcast it could be anything but travel I'm suggesting in this in this way is similar Sola traveler is sim solar travel is similar solar Sola travel is similar when lockdown started in California in march of twenty twenty two um I think my viewpoints on self sufficiency and introspection were definitely put to the test um but I had been living alone in San Diego for a year without much socialization to begin with um just for some reason, Southern California for me is like the lonely place, loneliest place I've ever lived. And I was already very accustomed to spending long periods of time alone. But first, there was this uncertainty of what was to happen to the world. And certainly, and especially giving all the hype globally, what the disease actually was, um, and most Southern Californians were unaffected by it for months before there was some sort of standard set county to county to close public areas, um, restaurants and shopping malls. Um, it was eerie. I recall many sleepless nights adjusting to the silence of the streets and the lack of routine, but in all honesty, I was grateful for a reason not to be around dramatic co- coworkers workers or anyone else for that matter. Um, Between us, I'm a bit of an introvert. So I was quite ecstatic, even though it was a terrible reason to be isolated. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, bummed. (laughs) Um, But one thing that did strike me was that I handled quarantine alone very well. And much more quickly than others, I even found inner peace. I wasn't Scared. I didn't buy stocks of toilet paper or rice, and I naturally developed a methodology to deal with the mediated experience by turning away from it, instead of giving in to the twenty-four hour, like twenty-four-seven information addiction. Right, which was exhausting. I think people are still exhausted about it, and we're in twenty twenty-two. Um. Instead, I read Albert Camus. Pest, the pest, uh, which is the plague, and I read, reread Victor Frankel, <clears throat> which are two books I highly recommend. Uh, Victor Frankel's *Man's Search for Meaning*, and I quickly remembered what was so clear to me in my travels, and even you know, in my native South Africa, about the constant state of uncertainty. We somehow only recognize. When there's an immediate threat, or in this case, when someone decides we're at war against a "quote unquote" invisible enemy, right? Um, humanity has lived through much discomfort throughout time, and even in our recent history, if we look outside of the wealthy nation bubble, um, I mean, I don't even have to go as far back as Latin American dictatorships of the '80s and '90s. I could just open up the news and refer to places in 2020, like Syria, Yemen, Myanmar, Mali. But, you know, for some reason, fear really came out uh, during this pandemic. And it was very difficult to watch. And it's still hard to watch because it hasn't, it hasn't stopped. And I think talking about travel and fear and not mentioning the past two years we've just lived through <laughs> and the restrictions now on our movement um, and the changes in how we think of movement would be amiss like this is a very big deal that we've just been through and i think it's the same thing throughout history like when we read camus and we we read about historical epidemics and pandemics and what have you Um, the unknown externally brings us face to face with the unknown internally, no matter what we see, hear, judge, absorb, reject, or overlook during times of environmental stress. We are forced, however, subconsciously to explore who we are, hence the nightmares and the insomnia. I don't know if that happened to any of you, but they were really common during the first few months of quarantine. And as in travel in a new environment, an alternate reality um, creates a place for the brain where it's working over time, trying to make sense of the new map in front of it, right? Most people didn't leave home for months, but they were still on a journey. They were actively deciphering a new territory, which in spite of isolationist rhetoric, I believe the human race is meant to do. We're, We're meant to explore. Our brains are meant to uh, look for new territories and and meet new people and it doesn't have to be uh, with an imperialistic sort of outcome in mind. So, you know, I keep seeing these things over and over again in the travel good, goods industry, um, which is why I'm hoping that my advice in this episode is going to actually be useful for women. Not saying there are cool things, but like, I, I worked in the travel industry, and most products are based on fear of uncertainty. So it's like, buy this bug spray, this sanitizer, these singing, humming, tweeting, earplugs for jet lag, these socks for water retention, these pills for parasites. I mean, I like I said, I'm not saying that these aren't beneficial things to bring with you on a journey. It's just, it's fear based and fear is the mechanism at the core of the actions you take in preparation if so let's go back if if fear is the mechanism at the core of the actions you take in preparation for your departure then i feel like you've already missed the point okay fear in and of itself can be a virus it's contagious you don't even know sometimes why you're afraid of it the stigma around the things that you've heard your whole life may not apply to you and that is kind of the most amazing thing when you talk to women who have done pilgrimages who have taken 3 months and left crappy jobs like left husbands behind you know all that stuff that inspires us it's cuz what is the thing that they just did They didn't base their decisions on fear. We are inspired by that. They said, I'm going for it. I know anything can happen, but that's kind of what I'm excited about, right? And that's the psychological kind of side of how I think of fear and as it relates to travel. But there's also a very practical side. Um... And the more I think about it, the one city that has taught me to overcome my fears over and over again is Paris, you know? I have to confess, I have been promoting this episode in my Instagram account as the Paris episode with lots of pretty photos and videos of the romantic Paris we all read about in magazines and see in movies. but a little real talk <laughs> my solo paris experiences which started when i was about 20 um whilst peppered with roses and tea and you know um love and all those good things like have been mostly marked by the fact that nowhere else in the world uh to where i've traveled and this being born in south africa and having lived in latin america and mexico and Ah, St. Louis, uh, like there's nowhere else in the world, um, and I hope I'm not jinxing myself here, where I felt such a violent animosity towards women in both verbal and physical manifestations. So I lived in Paris for three years, um, and I've traveled, I, I mean, I've traveled there alone since and before um, many times, And I've been lucky not to have anything grave happen to me. But what I did learn is that there are some really practical things that you're going to need to understand when you're in a space like Paris, when you're in a city. And it's not to cause fear. It's to prepare you because no one can really prepare you for the time that you're alone in the metro um at two in the morning and there's some guy like you know rubbing up against you or looking you in the eyes while he's masturbating like what do you do no one tells you that could happen right it happens to you um or that there are certain parks where you shouldn't necessarily um go alone at night or keep an eye out and i don't want anyone to be afraid when they travel But that city geared me up for better decisions going forward. Um, And I just want to share a few of those tricks with you right now. I think your ability to understand your space is extremely important. So, you know, in Paris, it was the place where I realized how fragile my body is and... How I need to know at all times, almost make it become like an automatic kind of sensory perception. I need to know what's going on around me at all times. Really, because you might be walking in a park and someone runs up behind you, right? You might be in the metro and someone like grabs your phone. Like I've seen it all. And the way you can get really good at being in touch with your body, what's happening is quite literally yoga and meditation. Because what yoga and meditation do as part of a preparation for traveling alone is they make you get in touch with all the parts of your body. Like you're stretching and you're like, oh, I didn't even know that muscle was there. I didn't know that um, my breathing was so important to keep me calm. Like, this sounds super, again, abstract, but think about it. If you want to be able to protect your body, there's no better way to do so than understanding it and getting in touch with it in advance of putting it out there in the world. So I think yoga is an essential practice as a woman to get in touch with yourself, your surroundings, um, and also breathing so that you're not reacting or attracting negative energy when you're out there in the world. The other thing I learned about uh, very quickly was the use of my cell phone, all the tricks All the apps that you can download, the quick emergency um, call if you need to make it on your phone. you got to know about what that looks like on your phone, right? Every model is different. But know how to dial emergency wherever you are, wherever you're visiting. Know that off the top of your head. Know how to ask for help in the language of the country where you're visiting that is super important know um, how to use your phone or a mirror to check your surroundings so I imagine you know an experience of being in the park in Paris and this guy ran up behind me and grabbed me right And that experience made me realize, I mean, luckily he ran off and he was just being, you know, a pervert, but made me realize I need to see what's behind me. And I will, in certain places when I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, I'll keep my compact mirror out um, or I'll keep my cell phone open on the camera so I can see behind me. I mean, these are very real feelings and these are very real tricks to deal with them. The other thing is just being smart, planning where you're going, you know. Um if you're in an Uber or a taxi, something I like to do is is pretend I'm on the phone if it's like, you know, pretend I'm on the phone with something like I'll be there right away. Um and if you're really uncomfortable, I'll be there shortly. Let me send you my location. And if you're really uncomfortable, you say to your imaginary friend on the phone, I'll be there shortly. Here's the um, the license plates of the car I'm in. So you can see me pulling up, right? Little tricks like that. So there's a lot of different ways to prepare yourself <laughs> for... Inevitable kinds of experiences where you may feel uncomfortable but I don't think you need to worry as much as other people are implying you should worry as a woman traveling alone there are one-off cases a thousand percent really horrible stories there are horrible stories with men as well and If you're not ready to do the alone thing then go in a group go go do your thing maybe you do like a guided group that gives you a lot of flexibility and gives you the terrain of a place and the beautiful thing is when you're in doubt you you ask you know you ask people i ask people all the time i try and find a coffee shop wherever i go make a rapport and make rapport with people around me in general like hey can I get your number like I just want to be in touch with you throughout the day if it's someone who works at the hostel or the hotel where you're staying like do you mind if we just keep in touch I just you know I like to check in I do this still like I do this where I'm when I'm living in places hey I'm going to this new place do you mind calling me an hour just to make sure I'm doing okay there's nothing wrong with asking for that kind of support There's absolutely nothing wrong. Um, And you can also, if you really want to, you you can check in with your local embassy. You can make sure they know you're around. There's so many ways to prepare yourself. So my hope is for everyone that the fear that we can generate in our minds is not the same fear that stops you from going out there and exploring, because we can be explorers, and we can go and hunt as well as gather. That's what uh, we've afforded ourselves. So please, if you have any questions about other safety tricks, um, DM me. Happy to speak to anyone with questions, and I hope this has helped in terms of feeling just a little bit more enabled to get out there all right thanks again for listening my solo travelers again please follow me the underscore sola underscore traveler on instagram and if you have any questions you can dm me there stay tuned for next episodes by hitting the subscribe button on spotify on apple podcasts basically anywhere you're listening to podcasts now Have a beautiful journey.